It was nearly, it was nearly I nearly didn't make it at all. I um yeah, I am at at that age I guess where you don't you don't know like you, you joke like you know, did you just shit yourself? And I was like, oh my god, like I feel like I'm going to right now and I'm meant to be on the podcast in ten minutes and I have to <laughs> run to the toilet. There's an emergency and I have not changed what I've eaten at all. I'm very regimented at the moment, very health conscious, and I just thought it must have been that. Player 2 Pixelcast episode 108. I am your host, Tim Henderson, back here again, always here again, whatever, in routine. It's working, it's happening pretty well. We have uh, freshish faces, we have familiar faces, Um, you know what, let's let's start fresh. Uh, Nick, welcome back, how, how fresh are you feeling? Uh, very refreshed now, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for your response. And Ken, you're here to save the day as usual. Oh, you know. Do you like ever feel like the One Punch Man of this podcast, or it's like, oh fucking hell! I guess I'll just walk over and flick this bad guy in the face and save everybody. Oh no, no, no! I I genuinely enjoy this, so you know, I put my hand up. So if I've got nothing up, better but you to never do. turn your video feed on, so we can't see it. Look, I've said <laughs> this for I've said this for almost the fifteen years you and I have been doing this, Tim. I'm, just, I'm I don't have a webcam, and I don't plan on buying one. Do you know what needs to happen, though, is the one time you turn it on, it's for only a couple of seconds, and you're dressed as Ken from Street Fighter to match your avatar. Like, get yeah, the pose in line. Briefly. Yep, 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 yep. You have yep. to get a, Just a few frames. wig and, like, some huge... But, I mean, I mean, had a webcam, you could look like you're in Rage, like Nick over there. Yes. Yeah, true. Does Rage still exist? Keep in mind I haven't lived in Australia for numerous years now. I, th- I think it... Oh god, no! Rage. I look. Someone needs to quickly Google it. But if I had to guess, I'm going to say no because there's T-shirts of it at like factory and and cotton on oh, places like that, no. which usually means this is a thing. Remember from when you were a kid. Although you don't remember when you were a kid, now you just think the image is cool. Which eh, whatever, yep. I guess. No, they still do it. Nice. I mean, I guess it would make sense. It's just if you're too lazy to go to YouTube, just turn the ABC on at like five o'clock in the morning on a weekend. <laughs> Just paste some some music videos together and just like a close-up of somebody's mouth going, Rage! Like every few songs and you're basically done. I guess it would be easy programming. Yeah, I wonder if it's um, streaming on ABC iView and how intact that kind of feeling you have of staying up far too late, being really tired. Fridays and Saturdays, ABC iView. It's it's here. It's still got the same logo. Wow. Surely we can host it by now, right? Like, <laughs> if they lowered there, who can host it? I mean, it i got a webcam, just rage. <laughs> All right, welcome to the rage cast, I guess. Um, I guess it's appropriate, we're like, dipping back to the 90s. Um, although apparently still existing, but, you know, it feels very 90s to me. Because uh, this episode, we're basically going to, like, take a look at the current generation, aka PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles, um, and, like, ask really how how well have they actually gotten out of the gate by comparing them basically to the first couple of years of what came before as far back as we can remember probably not further than 16 bit because then the records get sketchy anyway um, but before that though um you know games and stuff that you can play now or in my case actually that you can play soon so i've been um playing a little thing called after us 
after Huso sent me a trailer and said this looks like your jam, and I was like, God damn it, Huso, you may finally have figured out my number. This absolutely looks like my jam. I mean, the trailer kind of looked like a more ethereal platforming take on Journey. So I was, like, was yeah. going to say... I, I was going to say, I was looking at the trailer just a moment ago, and it had strong Journey vibes. Yeah, I would say, um, from the first hour, hour and a half, it it doesn't, it's actually not as Journey as you would think. There's a certain aesthetic crossover, and um, definitely a lot of HDR going on there if you're playing on well, consoles opposed to PC, I... I'm fortunate enough to have a PS5 code after we informed the publisher that my PC is technically a gaming PC, but it's a gaming PC with, you know, like a long grey Gandalf-type beard at this point. So, in the um, interest of, you know, actually getting a good experience out of it, I was sent that. Although, um, to their credit, they've actually sent one pre-launch, I've never seen this happen before, like, a game patched while I've been, like, playing a preview code. Um, because that performance, if we had recorded this a week ago, I mean, we would have almost perfectly met with, um, the preview, um, um, embargo date. But boy, I would have had some rough things to say about how that game ran, so good on them for actually, um, fixing that shit up before it came out, because I know there have been some nightmare stories with some other games. <laughs> that was... Where reviewers are like basically being like, oh, I think I've played something completely different to what has actually come out on the consoles, at least. Although I think that PC version is a hot mess. Anyway, yes, After Us. The basic conceit is that you are um, playing as Gaia, who is presented here as kind of like a very pale, almost kind of pixie like um, young woman, like running through what I believe the official description, and it kind of makes sense, is a post human Earth. Um, and that very quickly, like in the opening moments of the game, right after you see a space whale, and then you don't get to see a space whale again for like freaking forever. Freaking teasing me, like draw me in with space whales. Like, I've got like some metal, some Kojima shit going in there on top of my journey, or like Child of Eden, man. They really have hit all my aesthetic buttons in a like certain way. It's very clearly as like this game is like set in the conceit that, yeah, mankind just fucked itself up. And now you are going to try and unfuck everything that mankind fucked up, basically. So, it... Yes, Ken. Sorry, I mean, I didn't get a strong sense from the trailer. And I also don't get a strong sense from you talking about sort of the premise. And But you said character action game? Is this like a... Like a... A, a journey? That, does, does it it's close to the journey, I... The words character... I guess what the problem here is a character action has come to, like, actually signify its own genre. So, no, this is not Devil May Cry. Yeah, I would, like, it's not... But no, it's, character not like action is, it's not like a beat No, like a in fact, very explicitly, I don't think um, Gaia's hands actually do anything in the entire game. It comes across as kind of like an... I guess an action-adventure would be a better way of saying it. And it, like, that's the initial impression, but as you get, like, deeper into, like, that first hour, hour and a half of gameplay, it, like, starts to become a bit more platformery, which is not something I really get from that, but it's, imagine if those Journey vibes had less sliding and, like, more jumping between shit. 
Because you get a like double from memory at least you get like a double jump like really really early and then like the hovering down and like an air dash <clears throat> and all that stuff opens up. The big difference um, early on at least between well, there there one of the big differences there is an early on in this game. Um, journey is over in one sitting. Is that the vibe is less optimistic? Like, it's actually really, like, quite alien and oppressive. Um, to the point where, like, get, like, the first moment where you're kind of charged, big charge area of attack, and yeah, I think you see this in the trailers a lot, is, like, a burst of life. I think it's literally called the burst of life. Like, kind of grass and, like, trees, like, sprout up all over the ground around you. And then, for the most part, like, disappear again, like, quite quickly, but they can have different functions contextually or otherwise within that world, although it will always work, so it's quite an aesthetic trick it's pulling, but, like, wherever you are, um, grass will sprout up on those cars, it will come down from the roof of that corridor. Um, but there are, are set points where, like, that can actually do something. I, God, it's a little while ago that I actually played it, but I believe it's, like, the context of how you actually get that is, like, she's pissed off, and then that rage kind of flipping what you would expect on its head instead of causing destruction is kind of like bringing life back. <clears throat> That's and, fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's actually, it's it's pretty neat. And it's like, it's weird because like all of the mechanics independently, all of it feels familiar, but they've managed to put it together in such a way um, that it, it feels somewhat different. And I think that is perhaps assisted by the fact that they are not lying when they say these are surreal worlds. Like, they're just, like, at the moment, like, early on, there are just cars, like, fucking just floating around everywhere, and, like, that is what you'd be... And, like, with no rhyme or logical reason, it's very intentionally out there, which works in their favour, because it just means, again, if you're, like, using kind of a platformery kind of logic, you can just make stuff for people to have to navigate through, and it both looks cool, and to its absolute credit while animations and things can be quite limited except for her hair i think they've wasted way too much of the graphic budget on her hair that is a lot of 4k 4k strands like individually animated i feel like all the pixel not pixel um physics effort is like going calculations are like happening on her head but like when sorry that that is that is just hilarious to me because last Last episode, Final callback. Fantasy, yeah. We were talking about Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this does a much. This is a much more visually interesting thing than Spirits Within ever was. Look, I I would be guilty of that as a game developer because I spent my entire childhood playing the WWE video games where people just had these thick rugs for hair and, oh, and I mean, it was awful. So, like, bad hair is a real pet peeve of mine in games. And, and if I was that in 90% like, of them, even today. Animating every strand. To be fair, like, yeah, um, most games today even still have terrible hair. Yes. So, I guess, like, good work in getting it to work. Like, that stood out to me early on because I've been playing this for a while and then, like, they dropped a patch which I didn't read the notes on but you know the game was suspended and then I loaded up one morning it's like huh um yeah this game closed because such and such and then it's like oh the frame rate seems more stable now maybe still not perfect but it it was chugging (laughs) like (laughs) if somebody played through that entire thing in the review in the preview period then you're gonna have some negative things to say in that review but it's still not perfect but the it doesn't typical thing of like 4k 30 or 2k 60 and it mostly seems to stick them now 
But no, it, it will. It a big part of that is like there's a lot of activity going on in like background scenes, and it is not afraid to pull that camera way back to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually not because it's cool, but because it's functional. Glad that I'm playing this on a 60 inch TV. <laughs> But, I mean, in doing so, like, there, there's spectacular scene after spectacular scene like that. Um, Take screenshot button, got a pretty good workout. Also helped along by the fact that most of the time there's, you know, no actual UI, which is something that I also appreciate. Yes, I do love, I do love that. It's such a small touch, even if it fades away and then you're left with nothing but scenery and your I character. Th- yeah, I think it, mostly it's just, like, loading, just, like, save, autosave symbols. And actually, to its, I guess, final credit i get i will have a review coming at the end of the month so i'm kind of limited on what i can say at the moment but yeah to its eternal credit it's actually very very good with um the auto saving so i guess it has to be because it's at least so far um partly for the surrealness and i think it helps your aesthetic is it's very old school almost in its level design and i say that in quite a positive sense in that like you know, there are, it's not like all the surfaces that you can jump towards are painted yellow, or... It it really is just like, here is a level, figure it out. And sometimes shit that you've been conditioned by a lot of model, modern game design to think that, oh man, I don't think I can go there, there has to be a correct path. No, that is actually maybe the way you're supposed to go about it here. And they just kind of let yeah. the world exist and like let you just navigate around it. And like, they don't... I mean, the barriers are in what is and isn't there. Again, it helps that it's surreal and shit can just float in space. I guess a bit like they don't really have to worry about walls if they can have an infinite void for you to like fall into. But I actually kind of like really appreciated that that it does, so far at least, really actually quite trust the player to like just be able to figure stuff out. So yeah, um, definitely some fairly fairly um positive early vibes. Although this really does come with the catches, like Ken noted earlier, like this does. You look at you look at the trailer for this and go, yeah, this is Tim's shit. Yeah. yeah. So like that that caveat has to be there. Like the, the personal bias taste tilt has to be put there. But at the very least, actually, go check out the trailer. You may be surprised because this one's been flying under the radar a little bit. But so you you get painted with the kind of dreamlike brush, like the kind of the, I would guess. You played Akami, and you enjoyed Akami back I in the day. I enjoyed Akami quite a bit as well. Um. Yeah, good to know. No, I like this, uh, and I like that our editor has that kind of, okay, I know who wants this. It's kind of, he gets yeah. it. It's like, this is like a little bit platformy, quite a bit journey, definitely some Child of Eden Res vibes going on in there. It's like, yeah, all right, I think I, like, I look at this. Even like, there's like an even eco kind of like aesthetic going on in a little bit. So yeah, it's like so many of the things that like I would gravitate towards are like, even the fact that it's just very focused on momentum in some ways, actually. But- Looking at the screenshots um, through the Steam app, it feels like the type of game where I would kind of, I don't know, maybe view it a certain way. I'll go, oh, I don't know if I can get into that, and I will stop myself. It it almost feels like you have to see it playing rather than just look at screenshots, if so much I'd, of the game... I, exp- I would say very explicitly, watch a trailer. <clears throat> yeah. Although this is something that will definitely appeal to some people, and just will not appeal to some others. But those people who it does appeal to, um, it will probably appeal to. 
Good. I've and that's it. fine. Yeah. Because we, we, not everything has to be for everyone. In fact, it's is... better, in fact, one of my favorite things last year was like, um, that of all things, Elden Ring was like the clear game of the year. And it specifically was not doing a lowest common denominator. Yes. It like it was very clear about what it was and who it was for. It wasn't saying, fuck you, you can't play me, but it was also saying, I'm going to be what I am and I'm not going to bend over for that. And it was so cool to see something like that as opposed to something that's like trying to like spread itself so thin actually kind of like become such a tentpole game. Anyway, going from things that like aesthetically look immediately drawing me into things that are apparently like a little bit touch and go there, Nick. You were like apparently put off by Fury Unleashed a little bit before you actually played it. Uh, yeah, I, I saw Fury Unleashed, which I have been playing and I have been really, really enjoying, but I can be really fussy and I would say downright snobby with art styles for games. And when I saw Fury Unleashed, uh, I saw a couple of trailers or whatever, they have that, all the characters are constantly bobbing up and down instead of standing still. And it has, um... I've done some animation at TAFE and I'm talking out of my ass here. I'm not an expert, but I have studied animation and there's actually a really simple way of you can animate certain things. And we did it with sprites where we made their bodies and then we had a beginning and an end sequence. And then you trust the software to do what's called a tween and it animates everything between. Hmm. So when I see that kind of movement, I hope I'm describing it okay in games where it's like there's a bobbing or a floatiness to everything. I can imagine what you're talking about. Yeah, and it and it looks almost like a really really good Newgrounds game, <laughs> like when you Sorry. went back to Newgrounds dot com. Um, Sorry, did I just cough into the microphone? Uh, there was a teeny little. Sorry, I was. I, sorry, sorry to jump in like that. I was, I was trying to mute myself while like coughing my lungs out. Um, but were you talking about? I guess the sort of the static animation, the the. Yeah, it's it's kind of. When you look at the static animation and the basic character animations, they have a very... They're very basic. Um, they're almost, like, just kind of squishy. Like, they don't move enough. And they're yeah. a little bit rubberized. Yeah. Yeah, so... When I was... Like, I'm not familiar with this game, and I just, again, looking at the trailer, like, the first thing that came to mind was kind of metal sluggy. Yes. So, he is actually a kind of point of uh, contention from me at the least is I see that. um, I don't know why I do it. It's like reading through the YouTube comment section, but every time I look at a game, I bought it on Xbox. I go through the user reviews and most of them, most of them more do than those that don't say it's like metal slug meets this, or it's like metal slug, but that, and it's really not, it's not like metal slug at all. And I say that because right now, my warm-up game every day before I go to stream or do content or whatever, I just sit down. If I have five minutes, is I play Metal Slug and I only play one life. That's my rule. I play oh, Metal man, Slug 3. Do you get very far through it? I mean, I loved Metal Slug, but to put my skill level, or perhaps the difficulty into context, I did finish with a friend Metal Slug 2 in the arcades in a time... Remember these time zone super session when you wake yeah. up at like six o'clock in the morning and they lock you in there for two hours. Yes. We had to go and get the guy who ran the arcade to like top up the credits because we used like the maximum supply that they could actually put in the autoplay. That's a lot. Yeah, I remember you'd have to set a budget of like, I'm not going to spend more than $12 on Metal Slug this time. Um, Metal Slug 4, 
a three. I am up to the fourth, second last mission without losing a life. Oh, damn. Um, and it usually is my dumb fault that I lose one. Um, just by forgetting one tiny thing or running. You can be, actually be too fast in that game. If you try and speed run it, you can, yeah. But um, so I'm playing both Metal Slug and this game that gets compared to a Fury Unleashed. Um, but then once I, you know, I fired it up and I, I only took a chance on it because it's currently on sale, very cheap, like $4.90 or something crazy like that on Xbox. It's, it's under $10 anyway. It's under five, I'm pretty sure. So I bought it and gave it a go and it starts off and it's that unforgiving difficulty and then you mm-hmm. level up a few times you beat the first level and then you get through to the second did you say level levels. up yeah you, you're doing you, that we're doing skill trees we level up we you actually level up in the game i'm not saying you get better i'm not saying you get good no but, but like, yeah you, you i don't recall like leveling up in metals i remember getting better guns in metal slug no no i'm on fury unleashed now um, saying like so, but that's yeah, the like, game where it starts yeah, off. Saying, like you're, the the differences you're right are already like quite clear because you said it was actually nothing like Metal Slug. Yeah, and, and like, immediately like level up does not sound Metal Slug. No, and you're there's a lot of vertical traversal in Fury Unleashed because you're going through comic book frames every kind of area you don't know what's going to happen and it's not telling a story with dialogue it's just the setup for the gunfights that are going to happen. Um. And I'm at the point now where I have quite a lot of skills. I'd say maybe two-thirds of the way to completing my skill tree. And the game still finds a way to be challenging. And it's a bit like Dead Cells where you start to get cocky and you start to get confident. And now I really want to preserve my combo. It's got a constant combo system, kind of like Tony Hawk, where the higher it is, the faster it ticks down and you really want to keep it going. Um, And yeah, it's, it's quite good. Every biome every comic book issue has different bosses and the first one is ancient gods in an aztec kind of jungle and the second one's nazis and then the third one is a spaceship and even though the place yeah it does it goes all over the place because it's a crazy bombastic comic book um and those are the bits that are really fun you find dimension breaking bits of lore where uh, the comic is being taken over by some sort of corruption and you're finding notes from the author to you, the protagonist of his comic book characters, the character named Fury, warning you of, you know, an impending doom that's coming to the comic book. And the story is good and it serves a purpose, but it's actually really... It's reminding me of when I was a kid and I drew my own comic books. And the game has a similar kind of look where it's not overly polished i don't and so for me i'm forgiving the art style because it's making me it's making me sit there and go i remember when i used to draw draw stuff like this and i really enjoyed it Ah. and i think i was the only person that got my own comics so i don't know if that's designed that way on purpose or not i I don't think so i mean it's giving me something because i mean i've now been watching like several gifs of this emotions like oh no that that just seems like animation that people can do um, fairly like quickly and cheaply if they have with learned skill as opposed to like really deep seated artistic talent I guess yeah um, and it, like a, maybe like that's underselling it like there's still a lot of work involved but yeah and it's more it's more the combination of everything and the gameplay really hooks you and that's what the, that's what it is that's the hook there not so much the art style um, 
particularly because you, you do unlock additional character designs to use, and I haven't changed from the default mercenary yet. Yet. I don't know, but there is something, I don't know, childlike in the art style, and you unlock, you know, a skeleton with a shield as a art, like a, as a character skin and things like that. I don't know, maybe it could very well be, I don't know, deliberately childlike, or it could just be... Whatever, man, if it's working, it's working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's on sale, and that's what I... I'm really focused lately on how much games cost, because when we receive codes for game reviews, so many people forget a game that you've reviewed is, you know, $15, $50, $100, $130 for a collector's edition. So I'm really gaming on a budget lately. And I would say check out Fury Unleashed if you're a fan of old school shooters and roguelikes. Um, But uh, maybe on sale. On sale right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, speaking just on a consumer level, if if you're going to recommend anything, recommend it when it's cheap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> DecoDeals.com, people. Especially, especially for Switch games. My God. But I'm guessing, like, the short answer there is, yeah, so yeah, this is absolutely worth a go. But also, you know, maybe buy it now while it's cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't see why old school shooting fans wouldn't enjoy it. Um, unless the initial difficulty turns them off, but I mean, if it's just level, be stubborn if like you were like in the nineties. Leveling 90s. up shit, then as well, then that affects how difficulty. Eh, whatever. Yeah. You know what? No, actually, was... good point. Even if you play badly, you will, you will get, get good in enough. The game. You can grind. You can treat it like Dragon Quest. Yes. All right. Yeah. And with that, I guess when we come back on the, after the break, we'll be asking: Has the PS5 and Series X gotten good enough? We're back. We're here. We're available to you as are, in fact, finally, new consoles. Literally in like the last month and a half, I've like actually been able to see PlayStation 5 units on the shelves, in stores, available. So if you want one, you will be able to find one without having to murder somebody, basically case with the Series X is a little more complicated because this is Japan and I don't know if they even bothered to send any in the first place. I've seen one in a second-hand store. Sold for a new price. So my guess is that there's not much supply, but probably because there's not much demand and it's just treading water as Xbox is want to do here. But the um, kind of terrifying thing to consider is that these machines have both been out for like 
going on a year and a half, sorry, two and a half years. If I remember correctly, they came out in November, both of them came out in November 2020. Or all three of them, I guess, but let's just put Xbox Series together in its own little bag. So, and, you know, people, actually, I decided to do this topic almost a month ago, like, when I wrapped up the last show, but, like, literally, in the, like, the last week or two, there's just been a whole bunch of stories, like, just plaguing, like, YouTube channels and websites saying, what is Microsoft's problem? They've got, like, a game scarcity, they're dying a thousand cuts of, like, probably because, you know, they got their big Bethesda game that turned out to be just okay. Yes, it's the end times because of Redfall, apparently. Redfall's not, not a masterpiece, it's, like, fine. It's a bit sad that, you know, it is just fine. It would have been nice for them if it had actually been a lot better. But um, it does, like, kind of, like, bring the sense of, like, what, does it feel like... Because a lot of people have been commenting, like, for ages now. They're like, it does not feel like this generation has really gotten going yet. And I, I think subconsciously I've been in that benchmark. I think the thing that made me realize I kind of think like that is every time I see a place talk about the inevitable PS5 Pro, I'm like, Why? I don't see a reason. Like, it, it the PS like when the PS4 Pro came out, the PS4 had kind of like reached a certain level of potential that I don't think these machines have even come close to hitting yet. And you know, these are supposed to be machines that are actually much more high tech for the time when they came out than the previous generation was. And you know, we're two and a half years in now, and I guess it's like let's kind of just take stock of like where we're actually at with this, and then see how that fares if we, like, take stock of where, you know, the PS4, Xbox One was two years two years in. And um, to make this a little bit fair, we are going to limit previous generation consoles to two years because, you know, they did not launch into a pandemic, basically. So we're going to give, like, almost half a year's rope here. But so with all this doom and gloom talk about Xbox, I almost feel like they've overlooked the fact that half um, Hi-Fi Rush came out and... Seems fantastic. But I am, like, struggling a lot for, like, big Xbox stuff beyond that. And I think partly that is the, um... Microsoft's own commitment to, like, making stuff Xbox One compatible. But it, even then, like... Forza Horizon has, like, frequently... You know, knocked it out of the park. Halo has been, like, tripping and... Stumbling... And it's true that I am struggling to think of other, like, big releases on the Xbox side, at least. That... Oh, yeah, I mean, even... That much. Oh, Halo Infinite has been nothing but disappointing for the It was apparently pretty good, but, like, it's fucking Halo, like... Mm. Fucking Halo, man. Like, I'm actually struggling, struggling to think of, like, big, like, marquee Xbox titles of this gen that are, like, really... And Hi-Fi Rush is it, and... To be fair, like it's that's great, and maybe that's a sign of things to come. Um, I, obviously, they have Starfall coming, but yes, Nick. I was just gonna say, I am. I, I mean, I have both a PS5 and an Xbox Series X, and I do love Xbox, and it's more of the social aspect. And my friends have Xboxes, which is why I predominantly game on Xbox. But even I will admit, you know, you're in trouble when a video showcase from Xbox talks about what's coming to see a thieves. They, they bring Sea of Thieves to every show just about, and it's Sea of Thieves took years to get good. And I say this as someone who plays Sea of Thieves. And that should be like a good story. Like, it's 
feels like it's the next Final Fantasy fourteen where it's like <laughs> look at this like nice redemption story where they took a disaster almost. Actually, I think Final Fantasy fourteen was a bigger disaster, but you know they actually did build they did actually build the thing. I guess um No Man's Sky is like another one of those, but it it's kind of weird how that hasn't plagued Sony so much, and I don't know if that's like out of the gate because I could be wrong, but I feel like Spider Man two is the only, like, actual Sony Studios big PS5 game slated for the entirety of 2023. Yeah, I'm not shocked. And then, I, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't shock me, but... And I wish it was different, I guess I'd say. <laughs> like, and I guess it, like... And it's weird that it's, like, the conversation is it will be, like, a PS5 ground up. We got, you know, I guess, um... PSVR 2 launched and maybe like a lot of energy went into that and we've gotten some horizon stuff but like there's a big difference between even good dlc versus you know horizon 3 um yeah look this whole generation sometimes i feel like doing the air quotes thing this was a weird start for two new consoles they came out at a really rough time for the whole world and then there's this heavy focus on subscriptions to game catalogs, and now Sony have theirs, which if I was prepared to pay top tier so I can dive into Ape Escape and Dark Cloud and all that stuff again, I would, but I am already paying for too many things. But this, it, it's a weird generation that feels like it, it, was, it isn't one. And there was a real focus on continuation. I remember a lot of presentations, a lot of people talking about the same games you're playing now, plus, you know, the future of gaming coming to you well, but there was a real focus on you can just keep playing what you're playing and it'll just look and run better yeah, i guess that's games as a, ser- as a service to a degree like infecting it but like i'm super happy with like the way the backwards compatibility has worked um that basically enabled me to like sell my ps4 i actually didn't plan to buy a ps5 that early on i got one fairly early on just through op- like lucky opportunity but like I was gonna like you know what I've got a Steam back backlog to get through I've got some Switch games that I need to play like I'm just gonna like sell the PS4 not realizing how long it would take for the PS5 to become available and like just cruise and then you know when the PS5 came out and this is still what I did I have a I kept a couple of games that I really really wanted I still have the PS and it's like it's and both machines Xbox in particular actually like handled backwards compatibility really well and that's super cool but. It's hard to say, it's like, is it just us getting older, but like that next, it feels like this generation is almost more about just quality of life and convenience, like, cool, and my machine boots up like way faster now, and I can like switch between Netflix and um, whatever I'm playing at, like the touch of a button, and it like suspend states, and like the PlayStation Store is way better integrated, and you know what, to be fair, those new PlayStation Plus t- tiers, that expense, the most expensive one is like just weird. But that middle tier is actually pretty good value on its own terms. It's the only thing that drags it down is that Microsoft is giving away, you could almost argue, way too much in Games Pass. Yes, but now we're seeing the kind of, not a turning against it, but a real, I don't know, you're seeing people say, yes, it is in fact too good to be true, and this is why. Like, we're seeing a lot of uh, feedback and developers talk more openly about their experience with it, which is still... It still is great value and it's still making money, but it's... Yeah, I don't know. We're seeing a different kind of story being told about Game Pass recently. The actual games themselves to, like, start... I guess, like, really, like, hitting that stride. And I don't... 
know if it's like just Sony gets lucky because Sony, like, you know, they had Deathloop line tied up, and that game turned out fantastic. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, you saw what happened to my other oh, Deathloop is now also on. Although that said, Ghostwire Tokyo was also kind of. Uh, but it's odd because, like, the PS5 came out, and it actually came out, like, pretty strong. Like, that remake of Demon Souls looked fantastic. Astrobot is slow key one of the best games of the last couple of years. Yes. Um, they had, like, Returnal lined up. Ratchet and Clank actually was, like, a nice early glimpse into, like, hey, look at, look at what this shit can do. Um, I think maybe Sony's just lucky to have Insomniac. That seems just, like, the most well-oiled studio. <laughs> like, they will never make the best game of the year, but they will always put out quality stuff somehow on schedule in a way that is just unheard of, increasingly unheard of. And I think that on, on schedule is part of, like, what's really standing here, because then, you know, obviously... God of War, Gran Turismo, there's a lot of, like, Horizon, although that really did look gorgeous on PS5. There's been, like, so much cross-gen stuff, and we're, like, two and a half years deep, and I just started lying awake at night, like, a month ago or something, and thinking about... The Dreamcast existed in this entire period of time. Yeah. Like, without much in the way of exaggeration, that shit... That thing came out at, like, the very end of November in 1998... And it's last... It, like, it had a few trickle of releases by 20, 2002. That means, like... Sonic Adventure, which I enjoyed at the time. Shut up about how well it's aged or not. Um, All of those arcade ports. Soul Calibur. Shenmue. Skies of Arcadia. Jet Set Radio actually checked. Still squeaked in under two years. Crazy Taxi. Like, all of this... Just wild... So many good fighting games. Mm-hmm. The the, the Code game Veronica, based on Echo the Dolphin. Berserk anime. If that's your thing, sure. Oh yeah, it was. It was awesome. Ready to Rumble, which was a big thing at the time. That Record just... of Lotus War was another one, and that was really big, I believe, in Japan. It was like a Diablo-style game. I'm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they did actually. I didn't actually realize it was actually big anywhere though. Like, just weird, oh. weird, weird, weird shit like Seaman. Yes. Although, and, and this is, like, in a time when... And this very specifically occurred to me, because... was, I think, during... What was, at the time, like, this... The heyday of Dreamcast and the fall of Dreamcast happened within, like, half a year. Like, it was crazy. I think it was firing on all cylinders, and then they pulled the plug. Um, So it was my father had, like, a business trip to Boston, I think. Somewhere in the States, it doesn't matter. Um, and all I wanted was, like, a copy of the official Dreamcast magazine, because, frankly, Australia never got one. Because I had heard that, like, there's a demo of Skies of Arcadia Ooh. on the cover disc. But to read the um, editorial at the start, it really sounded like what they thought was a big get for that cover disc was actually Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which was technically a cross-gen game. And in some ways, like, cross-gen and Dreamcast, and that for that whole generation was really just... Runs at a high resolution and the textures aren't as blocky. Oh, and it might have had full songs. I don't know, but I'm just going to guess because the Nintendo 64 had like 16 seconds of songs that looped over and over. I'm going. I'm going to guess that was a cartridge problem, and the PS2 version was actually just fine. Yeah. <laughs> PS1 version, sorry. For that stuff, at least, would have actually just been fine. Never mind, like all the sports games are kind of like actually put EA in a really tough spot. So. Yeah, most of that happened in two years. Like, even, like, we we joked for the PS2 and PS3. Like, for the 
long, what felt like the longest time that these consoles have no games. And as like a stalwart Dreamcast fan, I actually did actually have a point earlier on the PS2's life that Dreamcast had so much shit and it really felt like the PS2 had nothing. But you give that thing two years, and then all of a sudden you've, well, you got, we, like the last episode I hosted was entirely on 2001. 2001 was part of the two years of the PS, PS2, um, cause it launched in March 2000. We're gonna go with like, and this is like another weird wrinkle that, um, makes this even stranger is that we expect everything to come out at the same time. We can now say that like both these consoles came out in November and it's generally universally true wherever you are. You know, the normally close to a, they used to be like close to a year's difference between regions. But the shit that came yeah. out on the PS2 within two years still is nuts. Like by the time that time was up, like, you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 had landed, um, Eco, that, that's me like showing personal bias. Devil May Cry to get back into the you know character action game. Soul Reaver Two, which I I forgot. Soul Reaver One would have been a Dreamcast again. Gran Turismo Three like happened like there were two proper Gran Turismo games in that fucking console. Final Fantasy Ten had come out. Obviously, the Xbox launched with fucking Halo being excellent. Um, and also a, not not as good, but it's still pretty good. Jet Set Radio. If you, just a radio sequel. I wish I'd kept on making, making. Is in fact, I feel like the original Xbox Life was also probably not that far beyond two years, in terms of like most of the like worthwhile stuff that came out for it. But I've I've been ranting on for a while, and Ken, you've been particularly quiet. Okay. Well, well more quiet mostly because you were on a rant. <laughs> Just just <laughs> rattling off game titles, basically. Just just talking and talking and and not stopping, and My not pulling other people for a chance. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I don't have either one of those consoles. So I guess my contribution to this conversation is 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 a slightly different one. Um, I do have a PS4. I did have a PS3. Um didn't get into the Xbox Series 1. Um, I did Series have 1? Oh my gosh, his naming conventions are so confusing. You mean Xbox One, right? Xbox One. All oh, right, yeah. So Xbox One. I did have a 360. I didn't have a 1. Um, so what did uh, the first two years of the 360 feel like? Because that is a console I never actually bought. I felt... Okay, so, 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 so I'm going to... My first two years of the 360s all sort of mushed up because it's the, th- the first two years of 360 was like 15 years ago now or something like that. It's yeah, I've crazy. had to Google this shit to make sure my brain is not gone crazy. Like it's a long time ago. Um, it's retro now. Yeah, it, no, literally, <laughs> I, I could pitch 360 games retro gamer if I wanted to actually come to. Yeah, <laughs> I think the major like my hesitancy into jumping into this current console this console generation is just I don't feel there are any there's nothing that fires my imagination right now with the games that are on, that are on either one of those consoles right um there's no in my mind system seller at this point for either one 
of the consoles. Like you go down the list of PlayStation Five games, and and I'm I'm, I'm looking up a couple of lists of like best um, PlayStation Five games to date, and ones that you have to play. And it's you, know, you you see the usual suspects, right? You see Elden Ring, um, you see an Uncharted collection, Horizon, Tony Hawk remake, Demon Souls remake, um, the sequel to God of War, the sequel to the new God of War is Ragnarok, um, and it's just. In my mind, this is more of the same it doesn't it, it doesn't mark the it doesn't herald the arrival of a new console and a new generation and games which are only possible on this hardware this generation like this is not possible anywhere else except here um and I'm also looking down. I'm also looking down the list of like best Xbox Series games to date. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, a really uh, good, solid, great game, but not one that particularly breaks the mold. Um, Gears Five, which is more of the same. Um, also an Xbox did, One game. Like that. There's so yeah. much cross gen. There's so much cross gen. There's so much like. Oh, remake and everything. But I remember, like, getting into the 360 generation initially. I remember a lot of excitement in my head around. Oh, like, like, I, I can't remember how deep into the life cycle Gears of War came out. That was within the like was about a year after launch, and that, I that definitely the, yeah. When you saw it for the first time, it was like a kind re- of a wall. I remember seeing that for the first time, and I and I distinctly remember, like, getting my hands on it the first time. Um, this was at a like a 360 preview event that was public, open to public in Singapore, um, and I re- still remember the location. It was sort of, you know, you y'all will know, but like, it's it was fairly downtown. They rented out a, they rented out a large sort of patch of grass and put up all these marquee tentages and just had all these systems out for random people to just rock up and play. And I remember like Gears of War, Gears, the first Gears of War, I'm like, oh, this is different. Like, the look, the fidelity, like, in comparison to anything that came out on the on the um, original Xbox. I I wouldn't say it was the, the first, but it really did kind of bring in that era of third-person cover shooters, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah. Popularized and it popularized the quote-unquote cover It popularized systems. it, mm. no, but, but it was everything. It was the combination of, like, the first time I saw... Marcus Phoenix sort of dash from cover to cover and the camera angle taking that really low, like mm. near the feet shuffling and it's dusty and it's like rollicking, the camera's rollicking, um, making it feel really gritty and like up close and personal and like really like you, you feel like you're just, you, you're right behind, uh, um, Marcus Phoenix and he's, 
just dashing from cover to cover. And then he pops up and shoots a wave of those locusts, or whatever they're called. And I remember looking and I said, oh, oh, this is different. This is something different. This is something new. Um, I think, like, actually just having, like, tight spectacle like that was just maybe a little too difficult for, like, the one generation earlier. Yeah, this was just... This was just... Like, this is just everything that the previous generation was trying to get to near the end of its life cycle, mm. but needed needed the new generation to get to. Like, the new generation was that platform for, like, oh, we can now do something, right? And for me, a little bit of that was from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 transition, and this is more my own personal bias. Um, but Destiny was very much that. Mm. Oh, this is that different. Is a bit more your own personal bias, say you're right. It, it is. It is. It is. But but it it popularized a lot of the ideas and mechanics around Destiny about raids and strikes and dungeons and that sort of thing. You know, was already in common parlance, like in MMOs and things. But a MMO experience first-person shooter made by Bungie that has a persistent universe that existed that exists um, beyond mm, sort of me logging out and me coming back in and then there is this like okay actually pretty decent hair again this is one of like the two percent of games in existence with good looking (laughs) hair Possibly. I mean, that is my personal bias, but it's like it did sort of like help me make that jump from PlayStation 3 to 4. It's like, okay, this is something new again. Um, possible on the PS3, struggled a little bit. So, like, I played the, um, the way I got into Destiny was I played the PS3 version and then got the free upgrade to the PS4 version because if you bought it, if you bought the PS3, they would just automatically upgrade you to the PS4 whenever you transitioned and it was like PS3 was struggling I'm like oh and then 4 came up it's like okay okay now this is the true experience yeah it really and, felt like actually that generation was like smoothing out the bumps in the previous ones yeah like so the open like, world shit was just tanking frame rates on PS3 and 360 by the end of that generation yeah and that's the thing that that's like okay this it works now it doesn't feel broken it doesn't feel broke and this is like this is only possible on new hardware and i'm looking at sort of the i'm scanning across the environment of games and i don't get that sort of heralding the the this is the p this is the ps5 game and this is the xbox x game the like, PS5 game is maybe still Astrobot, and that game is like fucking excellent. But like, it's not oh, enough to like really hang your hat on like that. It it is perfectly suited as like the get to know your console included pack in. Yeah, and no, I want like this is the thing. This is mm. the one that holds and like, and we got you know, yeah. really just... tip, 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 tip of the spear. Type of like because yeah, we've got some very good stuff in the form of again like Ratchet and um yeah Returnal no, is actually all... very good but it doesn't quite transition like there's no The Witcher three moment happening yet 
that that was yeah that Witcher like absolutely Which, ironically they got to run on the Switch but boy that's a compromised experience again so it kind and of... and you know Halo Infinite I think Microsoft was hoping that Halo Infinite would be be that it just it really really like, wasn't it really look, really wasn't it's come it's, and gone it's fine like ultimate and and that's the thing right it's like a lot of these games are solid good. I feel it's like fine. We had this discussion at the end of last year at the beginning of this one. He's like, last year had a lot of really, really good stuff. There's just nothing that's amidst that that's really making you go, holy shit, something new is happening right now. Yeah. I remember again, like, me just sort of n- nostalgic hat again, like Halo 3 was an event. And oh, Jesus, I worked great first- for that. So did I. <laughs> and came out within <laughs> the first two years of the 360's life. Halo 3 was a holy shit. Like, if you were not here to finish the fight, like, you're missing out. Um, you have to be here. You have to be here with Xbox to finish the fight. Like, damn it. Like, and people were salivating, like, salivating for that shit. Like, all, all those, you know, commercials that they did, like, oh my god. Gonna be like I can't imagine a game right now on PS4, PS5. I said PS4, PS5 and Xbox, Xbox Series X. Like I cannot imagine a game either in the in the past two years or coming up in the next year that I would take a day off for. I. I kind of get you, but I also wonder if that's because it's harder for me to imagine myself taking a day just being able to justify when it's not just myself. I'm answering. No, I, I know, I know, but but you imagine like the whole like, oh, I'm gonna like like I'm gonna actually this is gonna release on day and date. Like I'm gonna take some time off and do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I cannot imagine a game like I think the only thing and and again personal tastes. Like the only thing that's sort of pushing me towards Xbox to the Series X at the moment is um, Starfield. And it's got so much pressure on it right now. There is so much pressure on Starfield. Like there was a there was a huge amount anyway, and it's just increased now that it's like this kind of desperate tentpole for Xbox. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Like, it, I think with 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 Redfall. Um, not hitting, not hitting the mark. I mean, the Redfall uh, journey, I feel, is a bit weak because I think it came out and people were like, eh. And then the previews happened, and apparently it's like, oh, I th- people seem more interested now that they understand what the game is. And then the actual game came out, and everyone went, eh, again. Yeah. And then like, weirdly enough, I've I have played some of it, and I think it's fine for a Game Pass title. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I have a um, you know a thirty seventy graphics card. And like you know, a decent enough an, rig that I, I have a nine seventy. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so, so I understand I'm I'm getting a smoother experience than probably most people. And judging by I've watched a few people stream oh, it on the Twitch, digital foundry it can be down is so like, even if you're like running like an i nine and four two ninety, like it still has issues. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the what I've read about Redfall that was I, PC gamer had a pretty good piece about Actually, this it. year. Just I, ironically. Sorry to cut you off, Ken. Yeah. Like, oh. almost in tune with the consoles. It seems like this is just a fucking terrible year to play games on PC. 
Like, yeah. Remember how bad yeah. that Uncharted, not Uncharted, sorry, Last of Us port was? We've all forgotten because there have been so many other fucking broken, terrible PC games mm. released since mm. then. Yeah. I, I, okay, so I, I was going to make another point, but I want, I'll, I'll circle back around to this again. Like, with PC game, I had a really good write-up about Redfall, and... And it's not about the technical aspects, the jankiness, the, the dipping frame rates and all of that stuff. And it was just talking about how Arcane has always had a really good reputation of making games which are immerse, immersive sims. Like yeah. if you're like, oh, I've got disability, let's do this. And it's like do all kinds of no, weird combos a, and stuff. That is very clearly their bread and butter. Yeah, but this person was to- the way this person describes. Like, okay, I've got these abilities. I'm trying to do it, but just in Redfall, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that sort of arcane, special arcane touch, and it just felt very rote. And okay, it's 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 an all right shooter, but you're going into this arcane game thinking, like, where's all the where's all the arcane magic? Where's almost, if I can, it's almost like when you find out that a developer has secretly been working on another game the whole time. You know how we've seen these kind of weird... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not often, but, but every now and then, like, you know, once every 10 years, five years, whatever, you'll, you'll go, what the hell happened to this game? And it's, oh, apparently they were misusing their budget and they were developing this game all along. I can't remember the last one, it was a, but it was a big game where it's, it's the funny they split thing, the team up without us knowing. Yeah, isn't this a thing they make fun of? Like, is it Avalanche Studios? They've got, like, a in informal A-team and B-team? Yes. And it's always like, oh, is this the true Avalanche Studios? Or is this, like, the... the yes. I feel like there are the a few studios game. that, uh, correctly or not, have that <laughs> reputation. Uh, yeah, but they've got, like, they have, if this is the B-team on it, it's like, mm, it's going to be all right, I guess. It, and, but it, it was, the, This is the one we're using to train people, and this is the one with the people with experience. But it's yeah. it's like when um, it, I think um, Activision wanted people to feel this way when Call of Duty was peak Call of Duty, and then if you knew about game development and who was making what, people would say, "Oh, oh there's already yeah. another one coming out! I'm so pumped!" And you're like, "Hang on, hang on, hang, hang on!" on. This is that Infinity War? Or not? This one's inf- yeah, exactly. Is, is, exactly. Yeah, is this Infinity War? Or is this Treyarch? Because no, it's yeah, Treyarch. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Tony Hawk's guys making who made DLC for the last one. They're making a full game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like drag this like back on topic a little bit. No, I, I guess- mean I don't want. Uh, yeah, I actually want to come back with the with the whole like with with PlayStation with PC. Like, um, I think. Oh, never mind. You you go. I've lost my trade of thought. <laughs> no, I guess like maybe the most exciting thing we're getting in some weird way is like Game Pass enabling more exciting smaller smaller games like Pentiment or whatever would not have existed, been able to exist. Mm. And this mm. is the issue is like the most exciting games for this system are these, but the problem is, you know, it's it's not the Switch, it's the Xbox Series X, and you want a big wow spectacle. Yeah, and it's giving you indie movies, which are fucking great. Like most of my favorite movies are not Marvel bigger cinema, but like that's not why I installed a surround system in my house, for example. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I see on social media pages, Xbox, ANZ, PlayStation, you know, these are the next crops of games coming to the game catalogs, and you always see that one guy who looks like a game bro saying, Ugh, another bunch of crap that I won't play, and it's like, try it. 
just try this one or that one, you might be surprised. Like, Whereas they, they're always wanting something massive and probably just an action game. And I do think it's fair to want that something massive when you're buying hardware that's powerful. But yeah, like that, those yeah. subscription services, the thing that is cool about them is I think it's maybe helping those games flourish. Um, but we've talked about um, 360 a lot, but the f- I really want to kind of look in on PS3 just a little bit because what, for, what felt like forever was there was a running joke that the PS3 has no games. I don't know how clearly you guys remember this. Uh, I, look, I, I do remember this, but I also remember I just had a mate who was stoked on everything. You know, like, what was that, um, the game with heaps of B undertones? They had yellow, yellow helmets and... Yeah, he's oh my he god, was that game so was not psyched great. on Hayes, and he was psyched on uh, stoked on uh, time shift and things like that. Like he would play everything, and he was just stoked. Um, but no, I do remember and, and to the point where I think game trailers even was running like a top ten Wii games, top ten three sixty games, top ten PS three games, which only had like six games on the list or whatever. Because lol, the PS three has no games, and it did get off to a really slow start. But these slow starts are starting to seem really fucking relative because like the shit that actually came out by the two year mark again like at that point you had little big planet you had uncharted you had metal gear solid 4 you had um two motor sword games i think you had a pretty good ratchet and clank you had um siren blood curse that thing was fucking terrifying i think and a lot of it is it's again it's a for me a weird generation and i might just be looking at it differently but I feel there's such a focus on there was the continuation of the previous gen. That really had to happen. Mm. There was such a huge focus on it. And then also, people aren't taking as many risks. And I feel like that makes total sense from a business's perspective that, mm. you know, apparently when you pitch to someone big like Ubisoft, if you have a game that sounds really big and really awesome and really complete, they will ask you, okay, can I have a sequel? This has to have a sequel. We're, and so hardly any games are being you know, um, forward and put forward in Greenlit or whatever, if they can't have multiple sequels and lateral marketing, as they call it, like, can it have an animated series or a movie or whatever? I don't want to take the big studios back too much here, but it is, like, I think part of the problem is it's getting to the point where it's taking so much, like, just time and resources to actually make games of this scale to the, like, fidelity that we're expecting now. Yeah, it well, almost makes sense. It's like you need the groundwork done, or else it's going to take you yes. an entire console generation again to make your next game. Yeah, it's funny because I think it used to be around the place. I think the PlayStation was the first time I remember like, the original PlayStation was the first time I remember pe- people talking about launch titles. Like, oh, launch titles! Like, you won't be playing them in a few weeks, and it was really weird for me anyway. When I got my PlayStation One. I had Jumping Flash, Battle Arena Toshinden, uh, Loaded, I believe, and Destruction Derby. I remember all of those games. Destruction Derby so hard. Oh, yeah. But but all these games were kind of, they might have gone on to have sequels, but it felt like as many failed as, or as more failed than succeeded. And every kind of console generation had that. And now people are just, ah, we need this game series three, this game series four, we just need sequels and sequels and we might take a big calculated risk on one huge game. So, it, I don't know. if should have if, Halo in the title. Um. Yes. But it, it, isn't there meant to be... Um, 
a uh, like a Pathfinder first person game from the the Outer Worlds team, isn't that meant to be something? Like we're meant to be getting a big first person Xbox dungeon RPG to rival Skyrim, like a modern kind of iteration. I vaguely remember this. I'm, you know, See, we, we are approaching what I will just continue to call E3 season. Yes. Um, so. I don't know. A lot of people are just saying, where's Fable? Where's this? Where's that? It feels like there's a lot riding on, like, the next State of Play and the next Xbox Direct. Mm. Like, the E3 season, again, season. Like, that. this block of time is when I think a lot of people are expecting to learn about some cool shit that is coming. I mean, and there not, has not... to be something, because it really... Yes. Yeah. Uh, and not to come back to Starfield, but they've already started talking about the video prezzo that's going to happen on June the 11th. And I feel like a lot of people are just hanging their hats on that one. It's just so. We what need is to PlayStation know. equivalent? What is Spider-Man? Is this something that PlayStation fans are hanging on? Right. The thing, the thing is, I, I actually don't really care that much about Spider-Man. I respect Insomniac immensely. Apparently, it's an okay place to work as well. Like I. So, like, just hats off to that studio for being re- well run and like having the output they do. Um, but that game will probably not matter as much in the critical sphere, although I'm sure it's going to be solid 8s and 9s out of 10s for the most part. But it's still... They're, they're going to sell 10 million copies of it. Like, no question, they'll sell, like, a shit ton. But mm. if you're not in into Marvel or anything, you're kind of, like, hard up. Yeah, that's um, completely fair. And I'm still holding back on a lot of PS5 games just because of the price point of a lot of them. Like, I'd love to pick up that Demon's Souls remake. I have not... Yet, I think it's just so expensive. Copy of the Resident Evil Four remake because this has been the year of remakes for about fifty dollars Australian today. So I finally caved on that one. Yeah, I am enjoying that one, but I remake again though. This has been the year of like even um literally two weeks ago in the last episode of this this show, I was playing a remake of a Game Gear game. Um, I just wanted to just quickly, you skated over a point there, Nick, around price mm-hmm. points. Um, mm-hmm. And mm, I, I think as a person who does not have either one of those consoles, that remains a concern. Like the price of those consoles. Because um, I think right now a, a Series X is $750 straight up from EB Games. I assume a PS5 is around that. Um, I, I guess it's know. probably 800. I feel like it's uh, outside of the US. Yeah, it's like 849 for the Ragnarok, Ragnarok bundle, isn't it? 849 at Big Dub for the Ragnarok bundle. Yeah, well, Big W has got it. Has got the digital edition um, for 649. So that's not bad. But I feel like, like, like for myself, in at this moment, in the year of our Lord 2023. May, um, where my grocery bill has legitimately gone up like mm. twenty or thirty <laughs> percent, like a bag of chips, a, a bag of crisps is four dollars, a bag of Smiths like four bucks. Um, you know what? Actually... Do it for your health, Ken. Just give up chips for a year. Well, and buy yeah, an yeah. Xbox. It is actually really hard for me to part with that money at the moment it is eight hundred dollars um oh no i get it i was thinking about like 
I don't think prices have gone up as bad in Japan, but I'm like, I'm like actually having trouble justifying like small things. Like even that copy of Resident Evil Four is like this will be the first game I've actually bought this year, and I'm still like, can I let myself? Yeah. Which even though I've poo-pooed the focus on last-gen games and upgrades and all that, thank God they are happening because I'm playing Gauntlet on my PS5. <laughs> um, and just because it works, it's not upgraded at all, but I'm playing Gauntlet, I'm playing Dragon's Crown, just... I... I yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really afford right now to be buying as many new games mm. physically. Like, I, I'm a bandit for digital sales lately. Um, but yeah, it's... It is hard. It's hard to justify at the moment. And again, when you combine that with games are overly familiar, a little bit repetitive, even for me, and especially when I look at PlayStation, I'm not the biggest fan of their biggest games. And it's the same way with I'm not the biggest Mario fan, but I have a Switch. And I see so many people excited to play The Last of Us remake or they're playing God of War Ragnarok, and that's cool. But that's still not enough for me to just dive right into that console again i have it but i'm not just buying every new game yep i would buy a new last of us but i'm not buying another remake although i guess you have to respect that more work went into that than i think people gave it credit for yeah i guess that's part of it like it's easy it's also i mean it doesn't help that a cost of living crisis is kind of hitting the world (laughs) at the same time as like all this stuff has come out as Mm. like high-end hardware and like Again, it is reflected in, in PC as well. Like, graphic cards have just gotten completely out of control. That shit has to crash back down to Earth at some point. I've heard that it's sort of like... Yeah, apparently the stabilized. 4070 is, like, just underperforming in sales and, like, maybe NVIDIA is going to... So, yeah, it's not crypto bros anymore. I think, you know, they were just deciding we can get away with this now because people are used to it. Yeah. But at some point, people being used to it may just mean that they have accepted they can't have it as opposed to they're going to pay more for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah one of the things that like it's hu- helped you like justify if you are going to spend the 100 bucks on that big new game it should feel like a big new game <laughs> and yep. we are in a point where like the pricing on everything is so squishy now like we do get sales like would just be I, like when i was in high school like new games were 90 bucks and they were 30 bucks and they were cheap and that was basically it and it was like a 50 dollars like for something kind of new on sale but now it's like yeah. if like you can shop around and find legitimately great games for like 10 or 20 bucks easily maybe even less if you like look at smaller scales whereas the most newer stuff is more expensive and you know I'm just kind of like milking everything that looks interesting in my PlayStation Plus subscription yeah yeah and there is something to be said like again like looking at those consoles and seeing everything looking overly familiar and overly like same old, same old, like a re, like a retread. Um, and then at the same time, I've got a, <clears throat> not a, a, a relatively decent PC. It's pretty old now. I got a 1070 on as a graphics card and a, like a, oh, you're I-5. right on the wire. I'm right, I'm right there. But like, Cult of the Lamb, I'm looking at Steam right now, but Cult of the Lamb on special is $23 right now. And chef's kiss from um, Nick there that none of you could see, by the way. Yes, Chef's kiss for Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, I mean, but but that's like that's it, right? Like, Cult of the Lamb is offering me what I'm looking for at a fraction of the price on a machine I already have. Like, I'm already invested in this machine, 
like this PC. Oh man, you should have um, seen how far I was able to stretch like a hundred dollars, maybe less, of Switch credit last yeah. year. <laughs> like just like like fav like putting in like favorite favoriting items and like just waiting until just yep. just waiting until until it comes Pounce round in. break. Black Mesa. If I really wanted to play like a fan. An officially recognized fan remake of Half Life One. It's legitimately right now seven dollars and twenty three cents. I played that when it was free. It kept um, on crashing yeah. my computer at the helicopter point, but it was free. The Disco Elysium is fourteen dollars and twenty three cents right now. I mean, it's just so. So for me, as a person who's sort of still on the outside and looking in, and like, do I wanna? Can I, like, I really want to play Starfield. Like, I really want to play Starfield. Um, do I chance it and see whether I can run it on this this old PC on like the lowest possible settings? I would um, pay for one month worth of Game Pass, and if it doesn't work properly, what else there looks cool? Yeah, or or do I upgrade a PC, or do I? If you're, or do if I make, you're struggling um, to pay a hundred bucks for a game, you do not upgrade your PC right now. No, I know, but the PC, this PC, which I uh, I actually bought in 2015, I bought mine in 2012. Yeah, I know. So when you when you divide it, so anyway, PC, or is it now the time to jump into a Series X? Mm. I, I'm having that discussion, like not discussion. I'm having those thoughts in my head right now. If I really want to play Starfield. And Starfield does turn out to be that big marquee game that you have to get. Like, for me, this is this is genuinely something I'm, I've been looking forward to for a long time now. Um, I really enjoy Bethesda open world RPGs. Um, I am much more of a sci-fi fan than a fantasy fan. Starfield looks like my jam. It looks like a hundred percent my jam. Um. Now, now the discussion in my you know the sort of the, the 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 conversation, the dialogue in my head is like, if I want to play this, where can I get where can I get it, and is this the right time to jump into? Um, um jump into the series. Yeah, X? I think you're in a pickle there, just because mm. is it enough to justify? I, I I guess that is like something like the whole recession factor, basically whether or not we're officially recognizing that there's that or not. Mm. Probably actually not only affects our own purchasing and like how we can get excited about this, but also, you know, what can actually be developed. Like Sony probably did get fairly unlucky with that PSVR 2 because I guarantee they started building that shit before they knew what financial situation people were going to be in. Mm. Absolutely. Um, when it launched, maybe people would be way more excited about that if, you know, you weren't paying $4 for a bag of chips. Although I would argue that a bag of chips is not maybe not that essential, but I, I do get your general point about food is expensive now. Also, just quickly, PSVR two should be PC compatible. Like really, it I get that be. it's not, but it should yeah. be. No, it I would, would raise it. the value proposition incredibly. Yeah. But citizen sli- citizen sleeper is nineteen dollars right now. Yes, yeah, a lot of the coolest games actually still like are still Hard also space. very. <sighs> Just switch compatible, even. Like, Hard Space Shipbreaker is twenty twenty eight dollars Because as much as, oh. actually, you know, to wrap this up, as much fun as we kind of make of the Switch for being old, like, long in the tooth, 
and it is fucking long in the tooth. That thing hit the ground running pretty much and never really slowed down. That is true. And it's still going, like, we got a surprise, excellent re remake again of Metroid Prime, which I think is actually the Metacritic highest rated game for the year so far. Um, Zelda is out, like, the day after this podcast drops, I think. Still got, Ooh. um, Pikmin 4 is actually happening, and there's a bunch of other stuff that looks cool that I've forgotten the title of at the moment as well. And, like, the cool games are there. And they're not going to be as spectacular, but whatever, again, like, until, I guess, the Series X and PS5. And I think we have actually reached a conclusion, which is it has been kind of an underwhelming start. But I will say, I'm I'm, I'm still excited at the prospect, because I do, like, uh, man, I remember opening an issue of Hyper and seeing screenshots of Shenmue for the first time and just thinking, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. And again, like, the first time I saw a commercial for Gears of War and, like, saw that thing running, again, I was like, holy shit. And I, I do still want those moments. Um, and the best we've had so far, I guess, has been that Matrix thing. Yeah. One day, one cool. day we're going to get a game that, like, does that for us and be like, okay, cool. But yeah, I guess... Uh, yeah, it is weird. We have a conclusion, which is, yeah, this, this console generation has been slow starting part of that pandemic and a big part of it may just be that the industry is broken with regards to like time needed and resources needed and is it sustainable and everything's going to become a service and that's going to be a nightmare yeah weird time again weird time because i would say is it worth having a current gen console yes if you, if you are a it's, playstation fan it's worth having one absolutely well, the backwards compatibility alone guarantees it's worth it because it, like anything with an uncapped frame rate from the previous gen is going to run properly on the newer mm. machine. Mm. Um, and it just means that you're ready for whatever comes next. So, like, the we're kind of past that window, but, like, the trade in your old console is absolutely something you should do because, like, Xbox is almost 100% backward compatibility. PlayStation is actually shockingly close. Both of them do it very well. Xbox does it insanely well. Um yeah. For nostalgic sake, I'm I'm right now googling what was the song on the original Gears of Mad War. World. Like, Mad World, Mike. Mm. <laughs> okay, and then the new that, one, the, the, the new the, one had that "Nothing Else Matters" cover that was really haunting. I They've mean, done that's, some that's cool that's stuff songs. Of, there was a whole period of like mellow covers. Of shit. Oh, that Mad World, I think, was actually originally from Donnie Darko. That was a weird time in yeah. summer in and of itself, actually. Yeah, the the Gary Jules cover. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I am but... I am I'm gonna like call it there and say, hey, we've reached the conclusion. I think it was the obvious one that people were kind of expecting <laughs> at the first place. Um, Nick, thank you very much for coming on. Your video still makes me think of rage, so I guess we are just living in the past. Yes, thanks. For, and the, you know what? The, if that's not me, perfectly encapsulated right now, like yes, I'm stuck watching rage. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So you've got, have you got anything coming up or anything that you'd like to um, pimp elsewhere before we tie a little metaphorical bow on this thing? Uh, I am going to be launching podcasts. I'm actually at TAFE at the moment. I am enrolled in radio and broadcasting, so i am really been sitting on some fun podcasts that I will be announcing very soon. Oh, shit. Uh, Would you like to produce this episode for me as well while you're at it? 
Oh, I look. I'll, I'll hijack. I'll swing in on a chandelier and I will swashbuckle them out of your hands. But um, yeah, when it when it happens, I'm going to invite all the players to family. Um, I guarantee you that they're going to be uh, topics and concepts that people are very excited to talk about. Cool. I want a fancy invitation with like nice embossed font. Ken. Hello. You haven't been playing anything uh, much new, but you've got anything much new coming up? No, not at the moment. Not at the moment. I I, I've, I had a Player 2 Plays video that went up, I think, about three or four weeks ago. But that was it. Um, slow on the output at the moment. So, which, uh, which one was it, Ken? Um, Wandering think- Sword. I was going to say, I think you played something that I was extremely jealous of. <laughs> Wandering Sword, I think it was. I just kind of love that none of us seem to be big Star Wars fans. We've gone through this entire thing without like talking about that game that everybody is super excited about, except for PC players. Uh, look, it's got a mullet. That was pretty cool, if you're into those. Um, no, it, 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 I'll get to it, but I have to play the first one. I was oh, going to say, like... St- if you're talking about like system sellers in Star Wars games, um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 for the GameCube was just... I think the first one, actually, again, was mm. one of those you see it for the first time and go bang, and now we're like talking back in circles back into where we were in the first place. <laughs> but also Metro Prime and Wind Waker, first two years of the GameCube, even that fucking thing. Just before we close up then, I will just quickly, very quickly share... Uh, I had a very bad take back in the day of around the Xbox 360 launch period. Okay, so I worked at David Jones, a big department store, mm-hmm. and it was it was in the era of when you find out that your coworker is indeed another nerd that you become friends. Yeah, and because he held seniority over me at the company, um, he kind of treated me like uh, he called me Proby, which is uh, it's on CSI, one of those shows where there's like someone on probation. So he called me Proby. And he kept saying, try Gears of War, try Gears of War. You won't believe this game. Gears of War is incredible. Mm. And he said, what are you playing instead? I see you online. What the hell are you doing? And I, the hill that I died on was Perfect Dark Zero. Uh, I, I can see where you'd be thinking at the time, but boy, that does not age well. It did not. It was me and maybe three other guys and a bunch of bots. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yes, um, back to wrapping this thing up. Um, obviously, I um, have a review coming of After Us, although that'll be more towards the end of the month when this thing actually, you know, launches. So, you know, if I don't have it written in time for launch, then I've been incredibly lazy. Which I guess in itself is actually quite possible. But I'd ever do a lazy thing like, you know, trying to pawn off that would be no but you could you could go pay someone to write